Former Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien, could he be the next offensive coordinator at Alabama? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on this Twitter Tuesday edition of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I'm Kevin McGuire. Let's go ahead and get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Tuesday to everybody checking out the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast on this Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. Yeah, second workday of 2021 for most of you. I know it has been the case for me. Hopefully uh, the early beginnings of the new year are treating you well, and hopefully you're all still in good health and good spirits. I mean that sincerely, especially in these unforgiving times right now. Hopefully this podcast is arriving to you in good hands today. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about former Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien and his possible candidacy to be the next offensive coordinator at Alabama for head coach Nick Saban. I've got some thoughts about that. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I would love to see it. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with Bill O'Brien. So we'll talk about that. I do want to take a quick look around the NFL to see who, where the former Penn State Nittany Lions are going to be playing in the postseason this weekend. And of course, we're going to begin taking a look back at the 2020 season that was for Penn State. And in today's episode, we'll take a quick look back at the season opener, which of course did not go Penn State's way against the Indiana Hoosiers. And then in our final and third and final segment of today's episode, we will take a look at our Twitter two. Tuesday because we asked for your questions and we're going to try and answer them. We got one question in the docket and I thought it was a pretty good one. So I'm going to throw that into the conversation at the end of this episode. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to in today's episode, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, whatever you're using to listen to podcasts, make sure you hit the subscribe button and then leave a rating and review after the episode. Let us know what you thought about today's show or the podcast in general. Your feedback really does go a long way in helping us build this podcast moving forward as we continue to try and grow in 2021 and just become something that you guys want to keep coming back to and of course sharing with your friends your family your fellow Penn State fans we're going to be here all off season don't forget about that because we're already looking forward to the 2021 season but of course, there's going to be a lot of conversation between now and then. So make sure you're subscribed right now. And then make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms using the username Locked on Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And once again, I am recording this episode live on my own Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Kevin M Live. So if you want to get in on the action and watch me behind the scenes, make sure you subscribe to that Twitch channel and get notified every time we go live because I'm doing a lot of the podcast recordings live on Twitch and interacting with you along the way. So with all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. Now, I know that there are many of you guys that are out there that are probably still big fans of Bill O'Brien, and I myself am among them because I think that Bill O'Brien did a fantastic job in his very short period of time as the head coach of Penn State. Obviously, I never expected Bill O'Brien was going to be sticking around at Penn State for a long time, certainly given the situation that he stepped into at the time he took over the head coaching job. We're not going to get into that right now. You all know the history at this point, but I always felt like Bill O'Brien was destined to head to the NFL, be 
a head coach. After two years coaching at Penn State, he got that calling, got the invitation to be the head coach of the Houston Texans, accepted it, and uh, I wish them all the best of luck with it. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed that it ended the way that it did. I think uh, there were a lot of issues that Bill O'Brien ran into in Houston. I don't really know the inner workings of the Houston Texans franchise, but it seemed to me as though they gave him a little bit too much more more power than he probably deserved for his head, first head coaching job. And I feel like Bill Bryan is a really good head coach, not a very good general manager. We'll leave it at that. But as far as Bill O'Brien and what he does with offenses, that's what has me very excited about the possibility that he could be coming back to the college game. Now, as you know, Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the next head coach of the Texas Longhorns. We talked a little bit about yesterday and how Penn State fans should be thankful that Texas made that coaching transition as quickly as they did. That way we get to avoid all the James Franklin rumor mills conversations, which uh, generally pop up anytime you're talking about USC or Texas. But that's another story for another day. And fortunately, we don't have to do that right now but it does it does look as though Alabama is already on the move trying to bring in somebody that may have some NFL experience Bill O'Brien being among them uh Bill G- Gase Phil Gase what Adam Gase <laughs> blanked on the the head coach's name of the New York Jets who was just like oh Adam Gase he is also apparently or reportedly in the running or being interviewed or in contact with Alabama I should say to be the next offensive coordinator uh, for the Crimson Tide under head coach Nick Saban. Now, Nick Saban has a history of bringing in coaches who are looking to kind of redeem themselves, rebuild their stature in the the coaching hierarchy, and Bill Bryan certainly fits that mold. And I think it would be a fantastic addition for Alabama if former Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien were to go to Alabama and be the offensive coordinator. We saw what Bill O'Brien did at Penn State with the offensive power that he had. And let's be honest, you know, not to disrespect anybody that played in that uniform during that time, but uh, the, the offensive depth wasn't exactly all that stellar <laughs> for Bill O'Brien. So he had to really work some magic in some respects. And it was a challenge, no doubt about that, but you saw some good results. I mean, Bill O'Brien made Christian Hackenberg look like a reputable quarterback who was destined for some really good things. And it's still one of those what-if questions that I play around in my head. What would have happened to Christian Hackenberg if Bill O'Brien stuck around for another couple of years, maybe throughout uh, Hackenberg's entire collegiate career? And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I, I want James Franklin out of the conversation here. And I think James Franklin has done a fantastic job with Penn State. But certainly Christian Hackenberg's development seemed to go in the wrong direction once James Franklin took over uh, while Bill O'Brien was off to the NFL. And I do still wonder what would have happened to Christian Hackenberg's career trajectory if Bill O'Brien stuck around as the head coach. So bottom line is, I think Bill O'Brien is a really good offensive coach. I think he'll be a fantastic offensive coordinator wherever he ends up going. And if he goes to Alabama, my goodness, the kind of talent he's going to have to work with is just going to be incredible. So it's not going to be long before we're talking about Bill O'Brien as another head coach, a head coaching candidate somewhere along the way uh, if he has success as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Now, let's, get, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. First of all, uh, make sure you check out the, the Locked On Alabama podcast as, first of all, they're covering this topic of conversation throughout the week. But, of course, they're also getting ready for the national championship game. So uh, they've got a lot on their plate right now. So I don't know how much they'll be digging into the Bill O'Brien aspect of this conversation. But I do think that uh, that's going to be one of the go-to resources I'll have in monitoring what they have to say about whoever becomes the next offense coordinator at Alabama. And if it happens to be former Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien, my goodness, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch from a distance. 
And I wish Bill O'Brien all the best of luck because I really like Bill O'Brien and I'm a big Bill O'Brien fan. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there as well. Again, I feel like the time he had at Penn State uh, is absolutely deserving of tremendous recognition and and respect because he was dealt a raw hand and he made the best of it. And I, I don't blame him at all for going and accepting the chance to coach in the NFL because that was something that he always said he was uh, looking to do. Uh, so Obviously, it didn't work out for him in the NFL. I'm not saying that he's a complete failure at the NFL level. Maybe he'll get back there someday. Uh, Alabama certainly has a way of rehabbing coaches. So I, I do think that that would be a really good spot for Bill O'Brien. As for the current NFL, I mean, obviously, the NFL playoffs are going to get underway this weekend. And as you might expect, a number of Penn Staters are going to be involved in NFL playoff action this weekend i have the list here if i missed anybody i'm just going to breeze through this if i missed anybody please let me know fill me in uh but here's the list of players i have now obviously if you're looking for the team to root for based based solely on how many penn staters they have i think the new orleans saints are going to be your go-to team Uh, obviously a lot of big 10 flavor on that on that new orleans saints team but that includes cornerback grant haley uh defensive end anthony zettel they're actually both on the practice squad so they're probably not going to get a chance to play in the playoffs uh and punter blake gilligan also on the injured reserve, so he's probably not going to get a chance to play either. Uh, but former wide receiver Juwan Johnson, obviously he transferred to Oregon uh, after getting his degree from Penn State, uh, but he just was one of the more recent additions to that Saints offense, and my goodness, I feel like he's in a really good spot there in New Orleans. I saw a little bit of the Saints game either last weekend or the weekend before, and I, I saw Juwan Johnson making a catch, and I was like, whoa, Juwan Johnson, that's where he is these days. So uh, if you got a good number of Penn Staters on the Saints roster but not many of them are expected to get a chance to actually play any kind of a meaningful role in the playoffs this year elsewhere around the nfc you all know uh, chicago bears wide receiver Allen robinson he's the star of that bears offense it's not a very good offense but Allen robinson is certainly uh what makes that offense move at times uh in the same division green bay packers adrian amos uh, actually has had a really good uh, season uh, for the packers he's developed into a really good product uh, coming out of Penn State. So he's uh, looking to anchor that defensive secondary a little bit. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. How about Chris Godwin? <laughs> yeah, he's got a quarterback that's going to throw some passes his way. And Chris Godwin has actually been one of the better offensive players uh, for the Bucks uh, during his time in the NFL. So good to see good things happening to him. And of course, offensive tackle Donovan Smith also on the roster. Uh, Washington. Uh, this is the team that's going to be playing the Bucks. So Washington is your NFC East champion after beating the Eagles, who were clearly in tank mode on Sunday night. Uh, Troy Aki. Second stringer, but still playing safety for Washington. Could obviously get some playing time in that position. We're looking very much forward to seeing what he can do. You know, if we get Troy Apke versus Chris Godwin in any matchups, that'd be pretty fun to watch. And I'm sure there'll be some good photo opportunities there if that pre- uh, presents itself. Let's go over to the AFC real quick. Sorry, the defending Super Bowl champions, uh, Stephen Wesnewski, uh going for his third Super Bowl ring. Of course, he won one with Kansas City last year, won one also with the Philadelphia Eagles a couple years back. So he's going for his third Super Bowl ring. That would be incredible. Uh, elsewhere in the AFC, uh, Trace McSorley obviously is on the Baltimore Ravens, but his status is probably not looking all that great given his injury uh, late in the season. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on that just in case, but obviously uh, Baltimore's got a pretty good quarterback, so <laughs> I don't know how Trace McSorley is going to fit into the conversation for the playoffs, but uh, I swear Buffalo Bills, my goodness, what a season they had. Uh, offensive line, Ryan Bates, he's a backup, but he's still, again, part of that uh, really good Bills offense of offensive line 
really fun to watch. Uh, in the Indianapolis Colts, defensive tackle Robert Windsor. He's on the practice squad, so again, probably not going to get a whole lot of playing time in the playoffs, but he's there. He's a part of a, a really good team as well. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Marcus Allen had a really good year. Uh, has really developed himself into a really good defensive option for the Steelers. And, of course, the Tennessee Titans defensive lineman Jack Crawford and Daquan Jones uh, actually uh, having some impact on that defensive line for the Tennessee Titans. So a uh, pretty good combination right there that the Titans have to work with. So there you go. If I missed anybody, uh, any other Penn Staters around the league, uh, feel free to let me know. You can reach out to us on our Twitter account, at LockedOnNittany. Of course, check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash locked on Nittany. All right, coming up in our next segment, we are going to take a look back at the season opener that was Penn State's loss to Indiana. Still kind of stings, but what's the hindsight 2020 perspective on Penn State's season opening loss to Indiana? Is it really all that bad now that we know how the seasons went about? We'll discuss it a little bit with some final, final thoughts on Penn State's loss to Indiana coming up in our next segment. Of course, with the NFL playoffs now on the horizon, we also have the College Football National Championship game to look forward to. That means now is as good of a time as any to start getting your bets in on betonline.ag with your picks for the upcoming weekend and, of course, that national championship game. The line's already up there. Ohio State was a seven-point underdog last time I had seen against Alabama. Looks like a pretty good over-under number if you're looking for that. But, of course, you can also make some other bets on betonline.ag, including who's going to win this year's Heisman Trophy. I don't know if they put up the 2021 Heisman odds just yet, but they're going to be coming pretty soon, I would imagine. Uh, So now is always a good time to really take a shot in the dark to see who's going to be able to be your Heisman winner coming up in the upcoming season. Maybe you can make a few bucks way in advance, and uh, that's always pretty cool too. But make sure you check out all the lines for the NFL playoff action. Make sure you check out the college football national championship game. And of course, again, those Heisman odds. Still time to get those bets in before that Heisman trophy is presented. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Twenty twenty is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, make sure you to listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast, and then of course leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let them know what you think about their podcast, and then while you're at it. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Nittany Lions on your favorite podcasting app and leave those ratings and reviews so you can let me know how we're doing on this podcast. So Locked on Bets, Locked on Nittany Lions, lots of stuff to get you some money in the new year. Hopefully, I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that I'm going to be able to help you win a few bucks, but I know that the guys over on Locked on Bets are going to help you out along the way. So make sure you check that out on a daily basis. Get those insider tips, make some money, make some money in 2020. Now, if I could go, or 2021, I should say. Now, if I could go back to the beginning of the season and take Indiana and the points against Penn State, I absolutely would have done that. And I could be mistaken. But I'm pretty sure I took Indiana in the points in that season opener against Penn State because I felt like the season opener was going to be kind of weird. We already knew that there was a weird offseason. We already knew that things were just kind of completely disjointed. And given what we had seen in previous weeks leading up to the start of the Big Ten season when they eventually got started, we saw that the things were not quite in sync for a lot of programs not named Alabama and Clemson. Uh, there were some teams that usually have some really well-oiled machine offenses 
really struggle early on because of a variety of reasons related to a pandemic uh, remaking the offseason very bizarre. I remember Oklahoma State had a very tough opener against uh, Tulane, Tulsa. They, to, Oklahoma State and Tulsa, I think, were the matchup I was thinking of, where Oklahoma State was really shut down. Uh, you know, as much as you expected out of an offense like Oklahoma State, they really had trouble uh, against uh, Tulsa. Now, granted, Tulsa ended up being a pretty good team, so <laughs> let's not take that away from them. But I do think that the lesson was learned before the Big Ten eventually got back on the field that this was going to be a very different year and it was going to be very difficult to expect to see what was going to happen or predict what was going to happen. And teams you may have had high expectations for were probably going to have some struggles. Penn State fell into that category perfectly for me. Now, I remember going into this game, I was trying to warn people, a road game against Indiana, first of all, was not going to be an easy matchup for Penn State. Throwing that in the season opener, I thought it was a bad spot for Penn State. It was better than where I thought the Indiana game was originally in the schedule when it was coming, I think, right after we were playing Ohio State. But getting Indiana on the road to start off this weird season, I thought was a dangerous spot for the Nittany Lions. I tried to warn people. <laughs> I tried to warn people. I did think that Penn State was going to win, but I did not expect it to go down the way that it did. Uh, so as much as the uh, anticipation for the new season was there for Penn State when they go out to Bloomington with all of the kind of high hopes and expectations that maybe this is a team that could make a push for a, a Big Ten title shot if they could get by Ohio State. And obviously Ohio State was the game after Indiana. So it wasn't really a look ahead situation because it was the season opener. But I think it's a little bit alarming to see how the season actually unfolded for Penn State, given the way that it started. So going into that game, you know, you're still feeling pretty good that Penn State's at least going to get out of there with a win. It may be a hard-fought one. It may be an ugly one at times, but still felt pretty good that nine times out of ten, Penn State's probably going to beat Indiana, if not higher, as far as the history of this series is concerned. But going into that game, you're feeling like the running game is going to be your strength all season long. Journey Brown, Noah Kane, you're going to be in good hands. Little did we know, Journey Brown, of course, was going to medically have to retire before the season started. Uh, so that was a setback. And then, of course, Noah Kane injured pretty much as soon as the game starts. So right off the bat, you're out of luck with your two top running backs that you're really relying on for the 2020 season. I always said that uh, Journey Brown and Noah Kane were going to be one of the best running back combinations in the country. Not just a Big Ten, but the entire country. And I think we saw glimpses of that in the Cotton Bowl the previous year. And there was a reason why there was a lot of anticipation for what they were going to do in the 2020 season. Now, obviously, Journey Brown has to do what he has to do, take care of himself. And we still wish him all the best of luck. Hopefully, everything is going to be all right. And Noah Kane will hopefully will be able to be, come back from his injury. He got a little banged up in 2019 as well. So there are some concerns there. But all of a sudden, you're going in uh, on the road against a very talented Indiana team with your third string running back. No offense, Devin Ford, but uh, obviously, <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the ideal spot to make you uh, the primary running back for your offense. And so obviously, you're being thrown some curveballs and maybe things aren't going to be quite in sync even more or even less so than they were already going to be at the start of the year. So what happened was Penn State dug a hole early. Indiana with Michael Penix at quarterback and obviously some very talented wide receivers and Will Fellier and uh, Ty Fogel. 
there were some weapons that Indiana could take advantage of. Stevie Scott running the football as well. And Indiana built a halftime lead. And it was, what, 17-7? Something like that at halftime. And, of course, this was not necessarily new territory for Penn State, where they have had some slow starts uh, during the course of the last few seasons. And then they come back and they play a much better second half. And that was actually the case here against Indiana. Penn State played a much better second half. Uh, defense really started to lock down. Offense was moving the football, putting points on the board. And until the final drive of the regulation that Indiana had, the defense was in full control. You know, Penn State was going to win that game, and then Indiana puts together the, the long drive uh, right at the end of the game to, to tie things up, force overtime. And then we know what happens in overtime. Penn State scores, Indiana comes back, and goes for two. I thought it was a great call by Tom Allen. I'm not going to back away from that. I thought it was a great call at the time. Uh, I thought he was seizing the moment, and I figured if Indiana's going to do this, they're going to have to take a risk. And going for two in the first overtime, it is a risky proposition to make, so you better be confident in it. And so what do you do? You put the ball in the hands of your star quarterback, Michael Penix, who I think is a very good quarterback, and he takes off running, and he stretches for the pylon, and he comes up short, but they still gave it to him. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the thing. I still look at those replays, and I feel like Michael Penix was short of scoring that two-point conversion that ultimately won the game for Indiana. I'm not going to sit here and uh, debate it in too much more. Uh, the call is what it was. Uh, you know Whether the Big Ten got it right or wrong, it's in the past at this point. Bottom line is, it, it never should have been in that position. It was a very sloppy game from Penn State. Sean Clifford had some mistakes, uh, some very costly turnovers, and that was kind of the story of the first half of the season. Sloppy play, turnovers, turnover, costly turnovers. Uh, that really hurt Penn State's defense. So I do feel as though uh, we saw a lot of warning signs for what to come out of Penn State in 2020 right off the bat against Indiana. Now, obviously, in hindsight, we know that Indiana ended up being a very good team. Uh, second best team in the Big Ten East behind Ohio State. Uh, really pushed Ohio State to the limit in their fourth quarter of their game against the Buckeyes. And Indiana, even though they came up short in their bowl game against an Ole Miss team that had no business playing the kind of defense they did against the Hoosiers this was a very good year for Indiana there's no question about that so does the loss to Indiana look a little bit better for Penn State yeah absolutely Indiana was a legitimately good team this year top 15 quality for sure probably should have been in a better bowl game but you know that's a different conversation as well but you know in hindsight losing to Indiana while it looks bad traditionally it wasn't necessarily the worst possible loss that Penn State would have this year. That would actually come a few weeks later after that Indiana game against Maryland. We'll get to that eventually in our 2020 season rewind. But overall, it was a disappointing start for Penn State. It was kind of an omen of things to come. Things certainly spiraled out of control because then they have Ohio State and then they have Nebraska, they got Maryland, and they got Iowa. It was a bad start for Penn State and it all started in Bloomington. If that call had gone the other way, would Penn State have had a much better season? I'm not going to sit here and say they would have beaten Ohio State. And I'm certainly not going to say that uh, getting that call to go their way changes the outcome against Nebraska or Maryland or Iowa. But I do think mentality-wise, I certainly feel as though Penn State would have been a, a better position for at least some of those games in the first half of the season. I don't know. That's one of the things about sports. We could always go back and wonder what if. That is an ultimate what if for me as far as the 2020 season is concerned. What if the Big Ten replay went the other way and ruled that Michael Penix was short? 
We'll continue to have these little flashbacks and looks back at the 2020 season as we continue moving forward with the podcast. But it is Twitter Tuesday. So coming up in our next segment, we're going to round up with a Twitter question from one of you guys. But it's the start of a brand new year and maybe you're already thinking about when you need to get your inspection done for your car or what you need to have done with your car. If it's been a while since you've tuned things up, now's a great time to go check out rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for their auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And it's real simple and easy to use. All you have to do is go to their website, RockAuto.com, enter the make and model of your car, and then it's going to bring you up the entire catalog of every part they have available for you. Whether you're looking for oil, maybe you're looking for some mud flaps, maybe you're looking for some uh, windshield wipers, or maybe you're still looking for some new tires. I know it's winter season, maybe you're looking for some snow tires. RockAuto.com is going to make sure you have everything available for your car available to you in a nice orderly fashion so you can pick and choose exactly what you need for your car or truck. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. If so, if you're somebody like me who knows absolutely nothing about cars, RockAuto.com is going to treat you with the best prices available that they are going to give the top skilled professionals in the market. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. NFL playoffs are about to get started, so make sure you get the inside information. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. And let's be honest, this is a busy time for them right now. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave those ratings and reviews for them to let them know what you think about the show. And of course, while you're at it, make sure you do the same for Locked on Nittany Lines on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave those ratings and reviews. Let me know what you think about our podcast. And of course, check out all the other great content across the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We've got lots of teams covered. Uh, so no matter what team you're rooting for, NFL, NHL, NBA, uh, now's a great time to get on board and check out all the content we have. And if certainly if you're looking forward to next week's national championship game, you know, we've got plenty of options there for you on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, the Locked On SEC Podcast. Of course, we've got Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Alabama, and of course, Locked On Nittany Lions. <laughs> so lots of ways to get all the conferences uh championship national championship conversation you need of course check out the locked on college football podcast as well i host the uh thursday episodes if you're interested the i co-host the thursday episodes if you're interested uh so again lots of ways to stay in tune with everything going on around the world college football and the nfl it's a busy time of year but not too busy for twitter tuesday that's right we are back with our first twitter tuesday edition of the podcast of 2021 unfortunately we only have one question but it is a good one because we're already starting to look ahead to what's going to happen next year in college football and today's question comes from our old pal joe broback who's always sending us good questions for these twitter tuesday i really appreciate that joe wants to know today who are your top five quarterbacks heading into next year and I'm just going to assume that he's talking about college football and not the NFL. And I'm going to assume 
that this list is not going to include names like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I just assume that we already know that they're heading off to the NFL. So with that in mind, I'm going to not include them in the conversation. Uh, there may be a couple other quarterbacks that may have uh, decided to leave for the NFL. If I missed one, I'm sorry. But my top five, after giving it some thought, uh, and I don't really have a particular order. I'm just going to put that out there. But the top five that first came to my mind, I'm going to start with North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell. I think he's going to continue to develop under Mac Brown. Uh, I think he had a really great freshman year, continued uh, a lot of growth, I think, in his sophomore year. Had some setbacks here and there, but I think he's going to only be better as a result of that moving forward. Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma got off to a little bit of a rough start this past season, but I certainly feel as though he found his groove, found his stride, and he's going to keep that Oklahoma offense clicking on all cylinders moving into next year. So very excited to see what Spencer Rattler is going to do now with a season under his belt. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley knows a thing or two about getting offenses to run with their quarterback. So I'm looking forward to see what Spencer Rattler does. I think he's going to have a really good uh, 2021 season. Let's go out to the Pac-12. Keelan Slovis at USC. Uh, I assume he's coming back. He's going to be USC's quarterback next year. But uh, here's the thing with the slowest. Uh, there were times this year when USC had some slow starts or had some uh, rough patches. But Slovis always seemed to come through in the clutch, right? If you watched USC this year, USC had a knack for finding ways to win at the end of games. And I think Slovis was a big reason for that on many occasions. Obviously, they didn't get the Pac-12 championship against Oregon, but Slovis was a huge reason why USC was even there in the first place. If it weren't for him, USC would have lost a few more games than they should have <laughs> this season. So I really do feel as though if you're looking for a guy out of the Pac-12 that could enter that Heisman conversation, or at least be on the radar, especially given some of the big names that are going to be moving on from this current season, Slovis could be the guy, and USC could be very good once again next year, at least as far as the Pac-12 is concerned. Not throwing USC in the playoff conversation or anything like that, but I do think that Slovis and USC could be a pretty fun uh, combination to watch next season. Going back into the SEC, though, and we just talked about Indiana. Uh, they just lost to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss's quarterback is Matt Corral. And if Lane Kiffin is going to remain the head coach at Ole Miss, I think Matt Corral is going to be in for a pretty big season next year because if there's one thing that Ole Miss will do, it is move the football. It is throw the football and put up some big yardage, put up some points. Uh, they won't play a look at defense, but they will make up for it with their offense. And Matt Corral is a little bit of a sneaky, fun player, uh, I think, in the SEC. He kind of flies under the radar for many people, but if you got a chance to watch what Ole Miss did this year, uh, Matt Corral was a pretty fun player that's really thriving in Lane Kiffin's style of offense. So expecting big numbers, I don't know if that necessarily means he's one of the best quarterbacks out there, but He's a fun player to watch, I think, as far as Ole Miss is concerned going into next year. And then actually, let me go back into the Pac-12 because one guy that I really like is Jaden Daniels. Again, I didn't really look to see exactly what the situation is with Arizona State. And obviously, um, when you're talking about programs in the Pac-12, uh, there could be some interesting offseason storylines to follow. Fortunately, Arizona State seems like they have some stability. Uh, I think that Jaden Daniels is going to be a pretty a key player in the Pac-12 race next year. Uh, so if you got a chance to watch any of Arizona State, you probably saw some of the plays he's capable of making. So I've got two Pac-12 quarterbacks in my top five quarterback ranking uh, going into next year. Uh, I will say some honorable mentions. I, first of all, I want to say that Derek King at uh, Miami, who announced he's going to be coming back next year. Unfortunately, he had that really serious injury in the bowl game. I don't know what that status is for next season at this point, but if Derek King is able to come back, I'm 
I'm really hoping that he is because he's a lot of fun to play, uh, watch play. And I've watched him uh, for a number of years now, going back to his time at Houston. And it's a real darn shame to see him injured the way that he was. So I'm hoping for the best for him. I hope we get to see more Derek King down the line. I don't really know. Uh, Michael Penix, uh, if, if he's back and healthy, I think he's going to be another fun player to watch once again for Indiana next year. He's going to make them a little bit of a wild card team once again because he's capable of making some damage as Penn State well knows, which we just discussed in the last segment. Uh, JT Daniels at Georgia, I think, is going to be a big key for Georgia next season. Now that he's got a full season, hopefully, ready to go. Uh, Malik Willis at Liberty, uh, if he's sticking around, uh, he's going to have a pretty fun season as long as Hugh Freeze is still the head coach of Liberty. And then Graham Mertz, uh, what's what's his status going to be? Is he going to be consistently good? Is he going to have some of those down moments? Obviously, uh, first season as a starter for Wisconsin has his ups, has his downs. Uh, but when he's good, he's really good. And I think he's going to be more good than bad uh, next season for Wisconsin. So obviously, keep an eye on him. So where's Sean Clifford? Where's Sean Clifford in this whole conversation, right? Yeah, I don't know. You're a Penn State fan. That's probably what you're wondering. Here's the thing with Sean Clifford. I, I think that, obviously, he we saw some of the negatives this past season. We saw some of the setbacks. We saw some of the downtimes. I think this season is going to make him better. And I think that getting a full season with Kirk Sharaka at the offensive coordinator now under their belt, maybe hopefully having a little bit more of a normal full offseason to work with him. I do think that Sean Clifford is going to have a much better 2021 season than he did in 2020. And I should say the second half of 2020 wasn't all that bad. It was actually pretty darn good. But, you know, the first half left something to be desired. And all the good news is, I think as more time went on, as it got more uh, in sync with each other, I think things worked out for Sean Clifford. I fully expect that we're going to see a much better year from Sean Clifford next season. And again, this is all under the assumption and the hope that we get a little bit more of a normal offseason, maybe more of a normal routine going into next year. I think things are going to be very uplifting for Sean Clifford next season. So I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I do think that Sean Clifford has a very good chance to really rise up in the conversation of best quarterbacks. I'm not going to put him in top five. I might not even put him in top 10 right now, but I do think that there is potential for a much stronger season next year from Sean Clifford. So yeah, this time next year, I could be thinking about him as a top five quarterback. I I do feel like he's got a good opportunity maybe to be the best quarterback or the most productive quarterback in the Big Ten. I don't think that that's too far out of the reach of conversation, but I do think that there is some work to be done. I just feel as though getting a more normal experience in the offseason, working with the the assistant coaches, the offense coordinator, uh, who will now have been here for a full year, that's going to bode very well for Sean Clifford. So yeah, Sean Clifford should certainly enter that conversation moving forward. I think he's got some work to do to get there. He's got something to prove. And if Sean Clifford has something to prove, I'm not going to bet against him. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. Thank you so much for watching. If you tuned into our live stream on Twitch as I recorded this, thank you so much for listening on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to today. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave those ratings and reviews. And of course, stay connected with us on all of our social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, Twitch using the username Locked on Nittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my college football content on AthlonSports.com. And also check out my Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Until next time, everybody, have a great Tuesday. We will be back again tomorrow on Wednesday with another full episode for you. And again, we will be recording this once again live on Twitch. So if you want to check out me on Twitch, Kevin M. Live on Twitch.tv. 
uh, you can join me as I put together this podcast and interact with me along throughout the whole process. Thanks for again for checking out today's podcast. Have a great day. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.